Hi and welcome to another episode of uh, whatever this is, our podcast on Russian football. Um, it's a very loose intro because Artem has been terrorizing me with this song that I don't really like. So that's why we're starting off in this sort of weird way. But uh, as you can see, probably on your screen right now, we are on this app or this uh, platform called Castbox. It's basically a podcasting app. It hosts a lot of podcasts. It's um. And you can even uh, publish to things like Apple Music and um, Spotify from it, which we are going to attempt to do. Thanks for the support on our last episode as well. And this week I am joined by the one, the only, Artem. Artem, introduce yourself. How are you doing on this fine evening? I thought there was going to be more than that. Like you started that like the one and only. I thought you were going to continue it somehow. Um, no, no. And the Castbox intro as well kind of made it sound like we're, we're sponsored by them. Um, we should be. Yeah. We're not. Get in touch, Castbox. So, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. with, with our um, average viewers of about 50, I think right. you can really make some profit off us. Exactly. Listen, 50 is more than zero, okay? Every viewer counts. So, facts, yeah, facts, yeah. they do. Yeah, there are podcasts out there that get zero views, and we are not one of them. We hope that we won't be one of them. Now, this week there's actually quite a bit to discuss because uh, we've had two game weeks since we last recorded, and um, we have also got the Russian national team announcement, which we're going to discuss in a second. But let's, you know, let's uh, go in chronological order. Week four, um, I don't think there's anything to discuss in this week, honestly. Um, except for Krasnodar, which we'll get into just a second. Spartak beat Lokomotiv. Tedesco was uh, very happy on the touchline, as he always is. Rostov won. CSK lost to Rubin, thanks to a, a great goal by... I don't even know who scored, but a great goal from whoever that was. And Ural lost. I think Makarov. Makarov, yeah. He is uh, the top scorer of the league, which is fair play to him. Nobody knows where he came from, but he's apparently very good. Artem, did you watch any of these games? And do you have anything to say from... Uh, any of these? Uh, yeah, I watched Zen against Tambov and then I watched Ruben against CSK as well. Can I just say that just as we started questioning Linnit Slutsky, he's come out and had a fantastic week. Yeah, he has a uh, special shout out to Grant McCann from Hull City. Hull City is a club in England for those who don't know. I don't know who will know that, but if you don't, uh, their manager Grant McCann is a fraud and we have an Hull affiliate of ours, Kai Connor. He told us to call out Grand Makan in the hopes that, you know, Hull actually start playing well. They're in League One. So, yeah, um, you know, hope, hope Grand Makan can actually get cursed by us. And we are also going to diss another club and hope that they do better, which is going to be Krasnodar in just a little bit. Now, week five, this week was very interesting. Uh, we don't need to talk about any of these games, these, you know, the first two games, because nobody cared about them. Artem actually watched Sochi Tambo. Artem, break that game down for us. Um, you actually watched both I, of them. I, I, I did actually watch both of them. I don't know why. I just I assume I was just very bored. I don't remember what happened in either of them. Um, apart from that Naboa goal at the end of Sochi. He's also joint top scorer. Don't uh, don't diss him. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sochi are on summer run. They're unbeaten this season, aren't they? So far. Yeah, they're unbeaten. Only Spartak and them are the only unbeaten teams. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, you asked Arsenal Kimki that there was that uh massive miss from Evans Kanga, which you said had an XG of 1.01. Uh, that was the thing that stood out for you. 
Now, since we've gotten into Sochi, just for a little bit, when they got promoted initially last year, their owner said that they want to get Europa League. And I laughed at them uh, quite loudly. Do you do you actually think they can get Europa League? Oof. I, I don't know. I, you know, I kind of hope they do because it would be just interesting to see how they do in it. But I don't think their squad is high enough standard for the top six in Russia or top five. But I think they actually might do it if they continue like this because, like, like we said, they're unbeaten so far. Yeah. Um. Although a lot of their games haven't been convincing, yeah. um, they've been grinding at results, and if they can keep doing that for, you know. Two, two thirds of the season, three quarters of the season. There's no reason why they they can't be up in those top five spots. That's very fair. I think I know. I want them to get relegated, but because their entire I don't. Th- is... I don't think they they'll get like I think they already have almost enough points to stay up. <laughs> That's true. They <laughs> already have more than what Skakhabar of scored like one year. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, they're obviously not going to get relegated at this point, but. They're, I don't like them because their entire squad is made up of like you know stimulus packages and, and foreign aid essentially. They, this, there's no player which we hadn't heard of before they came to Sochi. It's not like they're world class scouting or anything. It's basically made up of loans and, and uh, fringe players from other squads. But um, you know, let's let's see. It'll be interesting to see how, if they can keep this up over the course of the season. Rubin beat Ufa by three goals. Their new Korean star scored a banging goal. To him, Spartak won with uh, a penalty against Rotor, which was people were debating whether it's a dive. And uh, what did you think of it? Um, did you have a look? Because I didn't. Uh, I mean, I, I took a look at it, like it, it looked soft, but like I could see why the referee gave it. Like, I, I don't think there's like it's not as outrageous as some of the penalties that have, have been or haven't been given. Like, it's, it's not that much of a it's yeah. not that debatable, yeah. Rostov Ural, 1-0, nobody cares. Krasnodar CSK had a banging goal from Morrison. I urge everybody to check that out. It was a fairly dead game, but it did have a couple of decent goals. And then we come to the two games which sparked the most discussion online. We'll start with Dinamo versus Zenit. Dinamo won 1-0 uh, because of a goal from a corner, I think. And it was a very scrappy game. I didn't watch it. Kai Artem watched it along with another one of our friends. Artem, what did you think of this game? Zenit finally beaten in the league after almost a year, even though there were lots of long breaks in it. What do you think of the game? Do you think uh, Zenit should be worried? Do you think there's cause for concern? You know, this is actually another uh, another thing that I cursed. Because the other day in my notes for this podcast, for things to, that we could discuss, I was going to bring up the point, could Zenit go the whole season unbeaten? Yeah. Now, those notes are in the bin now because, well, obviously. But... Um, yeah, Zenit just looked toothless. Like, they really didn't have any great chances. They never looked like they were going to get back into the game when Dinamo scored. Right. It was it was honestly fairly disappointing. Like, there was... Yeah. And, and then in the last few minutes when we really needed a goal to see, like, you know, Sutorman and Eurohim to come on. Don't get me wrong, I like Eurohim. He's scored a few very important goals for us, but he's not the type of player that, you know, I think is going to have that much of an impact in that, those last few minutes. And... I don't know, it was just a disappointing game all around. But you know what? It opens up the league a little bit. It makes it a bit more interesting to watch. So I can't yeah. complain too much. Yeah, it does open the, up the league a lot. There's a couple of teams around in the rounds on it now. You, it's interesting you mentioned your notes because I also like do a little list. And after Zenit beat Tambo, I just wrote Zenit unstoppable question mark. 
and that it's still written on my notes but obviously we're not going to have to discuss that i i agree i think zanetto very toothless they don't have any quality on the bench driusi is injured it looks like a, a big nasty injury might be out for 6 months or so couldn't walk which is what so they came out said and you know um, what though, looking at that looking at that injury when it happened yeah. like it looked like he got kicked a few times but i it didn't look like there was any one moment where there was a serious impact where you know you thought oh there it is that's it that's that moment so yeah i really don't know where that injury came from i don't know and, and the cska fans were obviously very happy about it because you know they feel they feel like rivasi got hit with a good dose of karma after uh, chucking fernandez with a ball which you know fernandez was gravely injured after that as well not really the same thing but cska fans not really much to say there now um this is a very small thing i wanted to mention before we get to locomotive akma and there's any english account said russia's national rugby team take the three points at the vtb arena um first of all artem do you do you think they played like the national rugby team did dinamo play like the national rugby team I mean they had a few moments where there were like you know rough tackles and stuff like that yeah. but like Scorpinson he got sent off in that game so like yeah. it's not like they weren't getting what they deserved like they got the yellows they got the red yeah. so like I don't know like they they won at the end of the day didn't they so yeah. like whatever works exactly like I I, re- I really don't have that much of an issue with teams playing rough if that's you know the tactic to go for and it mm-hmm. and it ends up working Yeah. As long as they're not like fully breaking people's legs, you know they're not going in for like Roy Keane tackles or like drop kicks or yeah. you know starting fights. Yeah. See, my my issue isn't exactly um, with the caption. My issue is more with uh, the fact that everybody on Russian football Twitter was talking about how Zenit are um, salty and how Zenit are are um, losing without much grace. I just like to remind everybody that there is a club in this division. that threatened to quit the league because they got a couple of bad calls against them um there are two teams actually ufa also thought that you know they can be big boys nobody cares about ufa they threatened to quit the league nobody's going to miss them they gave us a couple of good players but at the end they they're not as relevant as people think spartak threatened to quit the league uh every single day we have more uh, we have we have a lot more salt in the russian league than just a, a twitter post so i don't know what it is i feel like every other team can lose with the, with every other team can lose and be salty only spartak fans have the right to be salty after their games and then it don't just like to put that out there of course if if a call goes against uh, any other club gazprom are buying the refs okay that is also very important people should keep that in mind i don't know i think like it, it that is a salty post though like it is it is a salty post but we've seen a lot more salt and it's not been called out like people were in <laughs> People were, oh no, but Sp- Spartak Salt got called out. Like everybody was like, "Ah, oh, Spartak!" Like, "Wow, come on!" Like that was the first game of the season as well. Like I feel like, I feel like Salt gets gets called out quite a bit, and I think it showed in this case as well. That's fair. That's it. I don't, I don't mind that thing. Just for personally, for me, the the reaction to that post was more than the actual Salt displayed, but. Moving on, we're going to talk about Lokomotiv Akhmat. Now, Alexey Miranchuk got injured, uh, got like a hamstring injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. And um, Cherchesov said that he's going to be negotiating with Atlanta in the process, which is good news. But they lost to Akhmat Grozny, and I did predict that this would go Akhmat's way. Um, it was pretty interesting game, and it three two as you can see. Akhmat went, I think, 
two nil up, and then it was two one, and then it was three one, it was three two. Interesting game. Locomotive looked quite toothless. Adair started. Uh, Lisakovic looked very good when he came. Artem, did you watch this game, and what what do you make of Locomotive and Akmat? What do you think of their uh, chances this season? Uh, I mean, I can't say I watched the game. Like all those three games, Ruben, Spartak, and Lokomotiv—they were all on at the same time. So yeah. I was kind of flicking between. Like whenever I got a goal notification, I'd go and check the goal. Like I was never really, you know, in, like really embracing yeah. any game in particular. But uh, Lokomotiv didn't look great. Ahmad—they looked very good. Um, a few very good goals in their aliens first one run around the list of side on the left. Um, good finish as well. Ahmed are doing very well this season as well. They've started well. Yeah, they are. And that's the thing I wanted to mention. Because if you look at the table, right? Zanit are still first. But there's only two points between them and fifth place, which is quite interesting. Now, I want to actually make a case for Ahmad Grozny getting European football. Because they have a team that's capable of doing that. They have a good goalkeeper, a strong defense. They've got... Um, a load of attackers, Odise Roshi, Berisha, they've got a good wing back in Bogosavash, they've got a good manager in Talalayev. And I actually think that there's a chance that European football comes to Grozny next season. Artem, what do you make of that? Do you think I'm being a bit too reactionary or do you think Ramzan, King Ramzan is actually building a proper project down there in Chechnya? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if they made a European spot. But at the same time, if we're talking about, oh, Dynamo have the chance at a European spot, Ahmad have a chance at a European spot, Sochi have a chance at a European spot, like that means we're taking away like either Lokomotiv or uh, Krasnodar, CSK, one of those teams. And like realistically, I, okay, let, let me say this right now. I think one of Sochi, Dynamo and Ahmad will get into Europe this season. But I don't think all of them will. And I don't think two of them will. That's right. You know what? If because Russia bottled in Europe last year, otherwise we would have had six European spots. If we had six European spots this year, I would probably put Ahmad as my favorites to get it. I probably think Rostov would drop out, or one of those clubs would uh, drop out. But since we only have five, it's a lot more tight and it's a lot more unpredictable. Now, here we're going to get into a bit of an interesting part. And Artem, I am going to make a case right now for Krasnodar being frauds. Okay. And you have to defend Krasnodar, okay? Okay. Let's see how this goes. Okay. So Krasnodar, they drew 1-1 with CSK. And they lost 1-0 to Ural in, in the game on the weekend. Now, I'm not going to make your case for you, but there were some slightly dodgy calls. If you look at the table, they are quite, you know, that they're, they're eighth. They've got less points than a few clubs. And for the past few years, Krasnodar, we always say, well, you know what, they might actually win the league. The, on the opening day, they beat uh, Ufa 4-0 with a couple of very good goals and it looked like they might actually do something. Okay? But out of every club in the league, Zanit, Spartak, Dinamo, every single major club in the league has shown growth, except for Lokomotiv World going now, has shown growth apart from Krasnodar. Krasnodar, in my opinion, has stagnated. They have arguably the best squad, the most balanced squad, the most talented squad in the entire league. Yet, they lose out to tiny clubs and they do horrible in Europe each season. And yeah, they're a pet project of, of Galitsky and they have youth and they have a very good stadium. But if they actually, you know, if they, if they keep going on this trajectory in the next couple of years, we're actually going to count them in the group which contains Rostov and Dinamo and Rubin and not in the group which contains 
Zenit, Locomotive, CSK, they're they going to you know, go down to the group below that, in my opinion. Now, I think Murad Musayev should be worrying about his job. I don't think he is, but I think he should be because I don't see... Yeah, he's a young manager from the academy, whatever, but it's time there's actually some, some growth shown in that squad. They can't manage games. They lose out to teams that are far inferior to them. They, the squad is underperforming. And I think it's time we put Krasnodar on fraud watch and really scrutinize them. Now, Artem, you have time to defend and go against what I've said. Okay. Um, I think you're looking at a very short term. I think that a team can be, you know, not great or unlucky over the course of two, three seasons. Uh, and I think Krasnodar, they, what was it, 2008 they were founded? Yeah. If you look at since then, the only way has been up. And it's only in the last two or three seasons where it's really started to level off. But where it's leveling off is in the top three places in Russia. And that is not a, place, a bad place to level off. They have gotten their base to build onto for the next couple of years. Football is not a short-term thing. Like, if they really want to be one of the dominant clubs in Russia, if they can get to that next level, they should be able to maintain it. They've got everything in place already. They've got the f- facilities. They've got the youth. They've got the, you know, they've got the academy coming through. Great players. They're going to be able to sell a lot of players for money. They're going to be able to bring new players in. I think you're right about Musayev. He's maybe not the best tactical manager they could get, but even then, I'm willing to give him more time. Like you said, they have one of the best uh, squads in the league, and the re- one of the reasons why I don't think they're doing quite as well is maybe the chemistry isn't quite as good as you'd get in the Zenit squad or a CSK squad, for example. Um, but, you know, that comes with time. And I think if, let's say, by 2023, if they still haven't won a league, then I'm willing to consider your point. But until then, I still very much see them as being a threat to become the biggest club in Russia. All right. To round this up, I think your points are fair. It's not a short-term game, but... I like. I. I'm happy that you agree with Musayev because I think he is probably the one thing which is uh, preventing them from reaching the next level and becoming one of the biggest clubs in Russia. Because you, they already have those foundations, they already have the stadium, they already have the squad, they already have the academy. There is no reason why that club. It's probably along with Zenit, one of the best-run clubs in Russia, and it doesn't have Zenit's financial resources as well. Their squad, I'd say, on player by player, is probably the best in the league again but the, the only issue they have is on the pitch they just I don't I don't even think it's got to do with the chemistry I just think the tactics are not right and they look disjointed they, they look they look so in sync when they're actually winning games but as soon as they go a goal down it's all haywire they don't really have tactics they're spamming crosses the players can't really play I think they just need a, a, a better manager than Musayev I yeah it's probably going to be hard to find a young you know attacking manager like that in Russia, maybe they're going to get going to get a foreign block. But I just think it's time Krasnodar actually start um, moving, you know, moving upwards. And, and Listen, I agree with you there, but at the same time, who are they going to get in, really? Like, you've got to find someone who's willing to take on a project, and a project that they're not willing to do over the course of two, three years. Krasnodar aren't looking to win one title and stop. They want to be up there with the best teams in Russia, the best teams in Russian history. 
Like, Kalitsky is a fantastic owner. Like, he's put everything in place for Krasnodar to get up there with the top clubs in Russia. I don't think he's going to want a manager who's going to come in and maybe win one title and then, then fuck off. That's not going to work for Krasnodar. They need someone who's going to be consistent. And I think they'd rather be consistently top three than win one season, you know, come seventh the next season, come third the next season, and, you know, yo-yo around. I I, I think, like you said, Galitsky is a fantastic owner. I just think, like, that's the main issue with them is who are they going to replace Musayev with? Of course, Yuri Semen is available and he has a lot of character. Um, if they, I think, if they find the right manager, if they find a bloke that's willing to take on the project, then I think Musayev honestly should be replaced. Uh, but now they the thing to... is, the thing is, it's it's an if you can find someone like that, and I don't think you can. I think there are very few managers out there that would be able to take that kind of project on. I don't think they need to find one because I think with, of course, now that we've said this, I think Krasnodar might actually win the next 16 games on a row but i i don't really because it's 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 they end up of like last year as well they had they had the upper hand against locomotive in, in for the second spot they could have gotten direct entry to the champions league that comes with a lot of money and they bottled it in the last two or three games and locomotive are again in the champions league they're going to finish fourth if alexi milan goes they'll probably not even score a single goal i think they 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 have grand ambitions and they have all the workings in place to achieve those grand ambitions, but I think they just fall short and, and Galitsky really needs to figure out where they're falling short. But um, let us know in the comments or um, yeah, let us know on, in the comments or on, on Twitter or whatever what you think of this uh, debate of us. Do you think Krasnodar are first? Do you think do you agree with Artem? Moving on to the international break, which I, I hate the international break. I don't really want it because we've had a nice streak of club football. The international break starts off after this weekend. Russia are going to play Serbia and... Is it Hungary? I think it's Hungary, yeah. Yeah, Serbia and Hungary in the Nations League, Group B, whatever it is. Here's the squad. Now, Artem, what do you, what do you think of this squad? You know. I'm disappointed, but I can see why it's not what I wanted it to be. Um, for those of you that don't know, don't know um, the Russia squad, a lot of the best players in Russia at the moment are under-21s players. Yeah. So a lot of them have been selected for the under-21s Russian squad, which is fair because they're still trying to qualify for the Euros. But... Um, I don't see really the point of them qualifying for the Euros if those players can help us in the future and we can integrate them all into the team now, the senior team now. Um, so I actually made the claim that the, the under-21 side could actually potentially beat the senior squad. And if you just look at the two squads, Hannu, have you got the other squad on hand? I've uh, got the other squad on hand just a second. I, at least... Uh, I could it's on my account if you were. Yeah, just pulling that up in a second. But I agree with you. I think I agree with you saying that the under twenty one squad could beat the the main senior squad. So if you look at the under twenty one squad, you've got goalkeepers, you've got Adamov, Maximenko, and Safonov, who I think are as a whole better than Gilham, Zanayev, and Shunin. I don't. I don't they are one hundred percent. There's no. There's no argument there. Yeah, like these three goalkeepers aren't even the best three 
over 21 goalkeepers in Russia. Belenov and Dupin are both better than them. You can find other players. I don't see why Zhanaev is still making the squad. Shunin is fine. Yeah, Zhanaev shouldn't be. Kilema is there because he's been there. Like yeah. he's played in the big tournaments. Shunin, I actually understand. He's been very good. But um, I, I really, like, like you I said, Dupin should be in there. Yeah. And Belenov should have a call-up at some point. But yeah, if if Belenov goes his entire career without a Russia call-up, that would be honestly disgraceful. Especially when you've got I feel, I feel like he may have been called up before though, but he just didn't get an, uh, an appearance. I think he, I looked at. I think he got called up for the Russia B squad or something like six years ago, which is uh, still disgraceful. Was, but were you looking at that on Wikipedia? I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. So on Wikipedia, it only shows when you have appearances. But I, I, I you know, maybe I'm wrong. Someone correct me, someone who's listening. But I think Belenov actually had a uh, had a call up, but he was the third, third choice goalkeeper, so he never actually got an appearance. Mm-hmm. This guy's also saying Anton Anton Mikushkin deserves a call up. He's another. Very oh, I don't think I don't think he deserves a call up to be honest. Yeah, I don't either. He's without a club at the moment. But yeah. then again, so is uh, yeah. We're going to talk no about the, <laughs> the free agents in the defense. The under twenty one squad contains Igor Deviv, who I think can should play over Roman Neustadter or Kudryashov. You've got 100%. Ras- Raskazov, Maslov, uh, Krugovoy has been okay. Uh, the midfielders are again. I'm, I'm fine with Bakayev, Zobnin, Golovin, uh, Miranchuk, but you've got Maradeshvili, Kuchayev, Oblyakov. Glushenkov, Umiarov, Sulemanov, Utkin really deserves a call-up. Utkin should be in this squad. Over, Utkin uh, f- has been fantastic. Over Kuzyaev, Oblyakov probably should be in this squad over Ionov. Uh, Mostovoy, I don't think, I think Shapi, Lomovitsky or Lisovoy, any of these players could play over um, Mostovoy. And yeah. forwards, we've got Ivan Ignatiev, who I think is a fraud, and Fedor Chalov. And now listen, they, they put Evgeny Lutsenko in this. And Evgeny Lutsenko couldn't play the game against Hungary because he doesn't have a passport. And then yesterday, Evgeny Lutsenko got injured. So he, he can't help the squad at all. I think Chalov or Sobolev. Sobolev who's not in any squad. And uh, I think that's just great. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I agree. Sobolev should be in that squad. Um, especially if Lutsenko is coming out. But... Um, Obviously, there was that news that him and Tuba had a bit of a conflict, and that's why that's not. That's nonsensical to me. Materializing here, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you think two grown men playing for the national team would just put it aside, but we'll see. Exactly. Um, I don't think Chalov's going to get called up just because he's already in the under twenty one squad. I can't imagine they're going to want to shuffle that around too much. Yeah, I mean. Back to that Sobolev and Zuba thing. Sergio Ramos and Gerard Pique, every time when there's an El Clasico, they're fighting with each other on Instagram or Twitter or whenever. But when they play for the national team, they play like two of the best defenders in the world. So I really think the national team captain should not... Because it comes off like Zuba has, you know, told Sergio or he's influenced the selection in some way. So Sobolev doesn't make it. And they're the same people. Sobolev is Zuba light. Their playing style, they... Their haircuts to an extent. They're they're the same people. So I don't is think that, why, it, yeah. is that why do you think that maybe too, but it's like, okay, there's this younger guy than me who plays quite like me. He might take my spot before I manage to break Kershakov's uh, record for goals. 
I don't know how many goals Tuba's off that actually. Can you check? Uh, or will I check? Go on. One sec. If you can get to it first, let's have a race. Well, race <laughs> On the Russian national football team. Kazako only has 30 goals for the national team. That's crazy. They have 29. Yeah, well, you've got to remember that the... Uh, was you only Russian... seven goals? That see, that's that's what I mean. So, like, that's really possible. Like, like does does he want to break that record before you know someone takes uh, his position away from? I don't think. I think even if Sobolev made the squad, he would like probably get sixteen minutes in the Hungary game when Russia three 0 up. I don't think he poses a threat to the main squad. But do you think Zuba will break, break Kazako's record? On a side note, I mean, if you look at his his uh, goals per game, it's higher than anyone else on that list. Yeah. And especially if if Russia are going to be playing against nation league teams, like I I think this is only in official games. Don't get me wrong, like I, I could be wrong there. I think it's. But, I think or it's, is it on all games? No, I think like. It's not for, you know, those weird charity games when, like, clubs play against countries, but, like, FIFA, like, FIFA affiliate, like, FIFA licensed friendlies, they count in, in these games. Okay, well, even then, like, yeah. I think definitely do, but, like, if, if he can score one goal in this international break, he's only, what, six goals away. You yeah. know, there's a European tournament he's going to be called up unless he's injured. Yeah. There's a few, few friendlies that we're going to play in the meantime. And he's going to be starting all of them because we're preparing for the Euros. Yeah. So, like, what age is he? He's 32 or something? Zuba? Yeah, he's not that old. He's... Yeah, I think he's... Oh, it's, it's just his birthday. Happy birthday, Zuba. He's 32. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Happy birthday five days ago. Yeah, so, like, realistically, even if he's in the squad for two more years, he should break that record. Yeah, I agree. Now uh, we'll just, you know, do a slight detour to the transfers. Lorenzo Melgarejo, Spartak legend, is going to racing club. Uh, not, not any, you know, there haven't been any major transfers since we last recorded. This is this uh, Popov-Polos swap deal between Rostov and Sochi. CSKA keeps spending money despite being on the brink of financial ruin. For the past three years, they've just spent 10 million in the past um, three days on Bakhtiar Zainuddinov and Bruno Fuchs. Uh, I don't really, Artem, do you have much to say about these transfers? Do you think CSK might win the league in the next year, probably? Do you think? Because I, I think they're building a really good squad. They're building a really good squad, and uh, they're also linked to that winger from Heronveen, aren't they? I can't yeah. remember his names. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if they if they can fit all these players into their squad, into their first team, and they can all get them to perform, I don't see why not. I don't see why they can't challenge. Uh, they've got one of the best young teams in the league, so I definitely expect them to be up there in the next couple of years. And, and speaking of, um, this is a really good transition actually into our next topic. CSK's biggest acquisition this year has been the one, the only, Mr. Adolfo Geich. You can see him in his uh, all his glory in his you know first game against Kimki. Now we've discussed Gaich, I think, in all four of our episodes. So I think he really should start listening to us at this point. 
but this week we had a look at his interview with Sport Express, which he did. I think it was a couple of weeks ago now. Now, Artem, again, we're gonna do a bit of a role play. Do you do you want to be the journalist or do you want to be Gaij in this? <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be the journalist. <laughs> You'll be the journalist, right? So this interview is fairly nonchalant. They're talking about who his idol was and where he's from and whatnot. But at, at one particular section of the interview, it goes a bit left, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, this subheading is don't call me Führer. And that's already an eye-catching subheading. We're going to read off this entire segment of the interview. It's going to take three or four minutes, but it's fine. It's worth it. Artem, let, let's start. You're the journalist. Let's, let's go. Okay, I'm, I'm the journalist and Hanu is uh, Adolfo Goic. Yeah. Okay, so this interview starts with It is known that South America has a fairly high crime rate. Have you encountered this? Totally normal question. Yes, you are right. Crime, especially in big cities, is a serious problem. I know this firsthand. Once in Buenos Aires, I was the victim of a robbery with a gun. Bad memories. What was stolen from you? They took the money. The way this is translated is hilarious. I'm going to translate it myself. Could you have been killed? What it translates as is could have have killed. (laughs) It it adds to the funny of it, actually. I was in a taxi. The robber pointed a pistol at the driver and said, give everything you have. Phone, money. He sat next to me and witnessed the incident. Frankly, I was very scared. I was not personally threatened, but I was just in the car, worried. It was scary. How many of your friends have gone on a crooked path, become bandits? None. All my friends, did, none of my friends connected their lives with crime. They settled down differently. Why were you named Adolfo? Good question. Thanks for asking. My mom loved to watch polo. She liked the player Adolfo. <laughs> 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 she, she, liked, she liked the player Adolfo Cambiaso. That is why she chose that name for me. What are your roots? On the father's side, my great grandfathers are Italian. I love how she doesn't mention he doesn't mention her yeah. his mother's, mother's side. side. It's, mother's yeah, it's like she's yeah, fine. We don't she's, talk about that one. We yeah, don't talk about that. One. She's from Argentina. It's fine. She's Spanish or whatever. Yeah. Okay. On the Russian Wikipedia page, your two nicknames are indicated as Tank and Führer. Where did that second one come from? <laughs> Some people in Argentina really call me Führer, but I don't really like it. I don't want to be called that. Here, a tank suits me in terms of physical data, power, style of play. In Russia, no one told me about the resemblance to the Führer. I hope this will not happen. <laughs> in his first interview, it's already happened. Now, oh my God, the that name! The like, there's so there. many things, especially now that he's not performing well. You know, the Führer has never been good in Russia. <laughs> uh, you know, he's not invaded any defenses. There's so many different jokes that can be made with this name. name. Exactly. <laughs> But this, I think from now on, I think from now on, on the podcast, we'll only refer to him as Führer. And, uh, yeah. you know, if people don't understand, well, they're just going to have to come back and listen, gonna listen to this fantastic interview. Yeah, and we'll post this clip on, on Twitter again. But this interview is so funny because the rest of it is just like regular football questions. Let's talk about your challenge. Yeah, are you, are you, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Let, the rest of the interview is boring. It's just this one part that's so yeah. entertaining. But like, I, and I, want, I want to know how I, love, I love how it was built up 
it was like you know south america has a fairly yeah, high yeah, crime rate <laughs> like <laughs> it's built up it's like okay yeah we're gonna go like you know we're telling you that we're moving away from football we're starting to talk about other yeah. stuff so fear tell us about your name <laughs> And now look look at the tra- I want to know how this went down in real life. He's talking about Batistuta and who is cooler, Maradona or Messi. Next question is, tell us about when you got killed. It's like, hey, yo, calm, <laughs> calm down, yo. It's, it's like then after that it just goes to, you are a PlayStation fan. Are you the Führer? No. Are oh, you a PlayStation fan then? Okay. Yeah. It's such a strange transition. Where where does this rank in all time footballer interviews? I think this is very high. I love also the fact that he's trying to play it off as oh yeah, my my mom just really liked this polo player. Like yeah. he's been looking for that excuse. I guarantee as a kid he's been googling all this stuff like last, you know, ten years. He's like, Come on, like just one more famous Adolfo. Someone. Someone. Just someone who wasn't uh and no one watches Ar- Polo in Argentina, man. He's, his mom was probably the only person in Argentina watching Polo. You know look, what? look, we, we, we won't make any more fun of him. He's, he's had a hard enough life. Oh, he's, oh look. Adolfo Cambiaso, he's an actual bloke. He's currently ranked number one in the world. Fair enough. Wait, hold up. We need to see when he actually started... Uh, Started when he was 15 years okay. of age. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. World finals in 94, 97, 98. So when was um, Gaich born? Probably like 90. This is investigative journalism. Of See, I, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, like 99. 99. Okay, I can kind of, uh, Jesus, he's younger than me. <laughs> he looks about 10 years older than me. <laughs> anyway. Scary looking man. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Maybe, okay, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, maybe Adolfo is, uh, his mom is really proper polo fan. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And moving on, um, we had, we had, sadly, there's not actually been that much to discuss on the page. You know, I think we've covered most of the things. We're going to get into the international break in a minute. But we've had a couple of uh, high profile injuries this week in Russian football. Sadly, one was. Dmitry Barinov, who got his ACL torn in the game against Spartak. And just last week, we mentioned how he was one of the most underrated players in the league. So, this is quite sad. And Luka also have Miranchuk out, like we mentioned earlier in the episode. Artem, how do you think this is going to impact Lokomotiv for the rest of the season? And do you think they're going to have to spend more money, even more than they've already spent? Um, I think they should, but I don't think they will. Uh, it's such a shame to see him be out injured. I think he's going to be gone until I think I heard March or so. Yeah. Um, he's a massive loss to that team. He's a fantastic player, one of my yeah. favorite players to watch in the Russian league. Um, he just does so much hard work, and I think it's definitely going to leave a hole in their midfield. Um, Kurchowiak is going to probably have to, you know, fill that role a little bit more than he usually does. Usually, Baranov gives him the freedom to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously now he's going to have to cover a little bit more. But yeah, um, wishing Baranov all the strength and health in the world because, you know, he, he is one of the best players in the league, one of the best defensive players in the league for sure. Of course, I think it's going to be quite a big loss for Lokomotiv, like I said. And uh, sending out 11 players to 
Sebastian Drussi as well, who got injured quite badly in the game, like we mentioned earlier. And he might be out for six or seven months or into preliminary test, which is going to be a huge loss for Zenit. Probably going to have to like, cover with Mostovoy or Rigoni or some other uh, player who's not as good as, good as Drussi. So, sending our love out to them, as well as Berancho. We hope he gets his transfer to Atlanta. Uh, now, last thing we've got to cover is these games against um, Serbia and Hungary. Now, the way the Nation League works, if anybody has forgotten, which I was one of them, is that basically there's four tiers and Russia are in the second tier. And I think the group contains three or four teams. The team that finishes top of the group goes to the first league and the team that finishes bottom of the group goes to the third league. Russia are going to play Serbia and Hungary. Uh, Adam, what do you think of these games? Just off, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think? Do you think they'll be tough games? Do you think uh, Russia will win both of them? What do you think? I think they're going to be tough games. Um, is the both of those teams are in our group, right? Yeah, in Russia's group. Yeah, so I think then Russia will get four points out of those games. Um, probably one against Serbia and three against Hungary. Um, and the reason I say that is because the reason I say that with such confidence is because um, the Russian league is one of the only ones that's you know, in full flow already. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of Serbian players, I don't know about the Hungarian players, but a lot of the Serbian players, um, you know, they won't be as 100% as the mm-hmm. Russian players, if that makes sense. Um, so I, th- I think Russia will do well. Um, obviously, I would have preferred if we had a, you know, the younger squad with a lot of the players that was in the under-21s. But yeah. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't win at least one of the two games. And a draw on the other would would be great. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Hungary should be Hungary should be beatable. They've got a couple of decent players, but I think Russia's squad overall is better. Serbia, I think, would be a, a very tough game because their the quality in that team is very high. Uh, Turkey, by the way, is the other club in Russia's group. It'll be an interesting game. Ooh. Might see Dmitry Tarasov back from retirement for that one. Uh, <laughs> But I think the Serbia game might be tough. I think Russia could lose that one. But Hungary probably... I think four points is a fair estimate. But uh, how do you feel about the international break? Because after it's over, we get all the other leagues back in action. But like it is a 10-day international break. That's always horrible. So what are your thoughts on the international break just to round off? Yeah, I mean, it's necessary. Like You have to have international breaks if you're going to have international football. Um like, I, I always love watching Russia play, to be honest. Like, I always think it's great to see, you know, all the players who play for rival sides, you know, linking up. Like, it's going to be nice to see Golovin back. Yeah. Um, like, that, to be honest, I, I, I personally enjoy the international play break, especially when there's something to play for. And now with the Nation League, there there really is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to look forward to both games. I'll definitely watch both of them. Um, and what was your second question? No, I think that was it. No, that was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, I think it'll be a nice break as well for club football. Because we've had like, since it came back in May, it's just been game every three days, game every three days. So it'll be a small sort of breather. The Russian League especially, I'm finding it's so hard to keep up. Like, yeah. there's so much going on. Every, like, it'd be like, you know, Saturday, Sunday fixtures and Tuesday, Wednesday fixtures. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't even had time to digest the other games. Like, it's so hard to even talk about form because things are changing so quickly. 
So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's is, is the Russian league going to be as hectic when it comes back? Do you know? I don't know. I think um, I think they've cut off uh, checking at checking at the moment, but I think they've cut off two weeks off the you know winter break, so it's going to start a week later, and okay. it's going to. No, it seems to be, you know, usual. So there'll be just a game on the weekends. Okay. Yeah, which is good news. So you know. Well, it, in terms of entertainment, it might not be the best news, but definitely, yeah, I think it's the best thing for the league. Yeah, we'll have the other leagues back. Though we'll have like the Premier League and Bundesliga and La Liga. Everything starts so, and the Europe like uh, Champions League and stuff start in October. So. Yeah, to be honest, like that would be nice. Like I, I like watching all the other leagues, but at the same time, like for me, the Russian league, I'll always I, that's the league I watch the most. So yeah. it's not going to make too much of a difference. Like I'll, I'll watch a Premier League game here and there, Champions League, I love to watch Europa League, I love to watch, but yeah, you know, Champions the RPL league. is number one. Champions League, because you know, Champions League this year usually it's like there's a game every fortnight, every second week, but this year it's going to be just. League game, Champions League, like it's six straight weeks of Champions League football in the group stages. So that's going to... Shit, really? Yeah, yeah that's going to take that's, a toll on uh, Zenit and stuff. That's going to be interesting, actually, because maybe then that's even better for teams like Sochi and Dinamo. Maybe that's going to actually be the difference of why they make it into Europe or they don't. Yeah. But I think... Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, when, is the, when is the draw for the... Uh, I know Zenit are going straight into the groups. When is the draw for the... The rounds that I think Krasnodar have to go go through. Yeah, I think Krasnodar are gonna play like Benfica or uh, one of those clubs. Dinamo get Dinamo get um, drawn with. I think Dinamo's draw is the day after tomorrow or something. Hold up, Just pulling that up in a second. Champions League playoff round gets drawn on the. Oh wow, that's actually like three days. First of September. That's actually. Oh, and then yeah, the Champions League's on the twentieth of October. That's when it starts. That's really late. Like obviously, mm-hmm. I can understand why, but Jesus. Yeah. So like, Krasnodar most probably will play Benfica because Benfica this year they've got Cavani and Vertonghen and stuff. So that's gonna be a very tough game for them. But, uh, I don't mind if they get knocked out by that. To be honest, like I I wouldn't mind seeing Krasnodar in the Europa League. I think they could do better in that. Like I feel like if they get into the Champions League, they could just get smashed. Whereas in the Europa League, they might get out of the group and get to maybe like the quarterfinals or something. Yeah, but to be fair, we thought that last year and they got knocked out by Espanyol. And... Yeah, but this did, listen, this year is different. This year is our year. Yeah, this year is our year, is yeah, what I say about every single year exactly. for Russian football in Europe. Yeah. But um, I think that rounds off the podcast quite nicely. Uh, if you want to, you know, hop on the podcast, we'll probably do some different sort of discussions, get a couple of guests on for the international break because the league. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, so if you want to get involved, you know, leave us a comment, leave us a DM on Twitter or anything. Uh, follow yeah, if there's... If... Yeah, go on. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought that you were kind of doing an um, so I was going to jump in, but you actually had stuff to say, so. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you ah. finish off. <laughs> I was just saying, follow us on Twitter, comment on YouTube, like, subscribe, whatever, and uh, that should essentially get involved in in any way. And we really appreciate you guys. Yeah, let us know if there's anything that you want us to discuss, any topics. Like Hannah said, if you want to come on the podcast, drop an, drop us a message. 
um yeah like subscribe if you enjoyed let us know if you didn't enjoy let us know as well yeah so yeah that's it from me anyway yeah and that's pretty nice i think